Welcome to Down to Earth but Heavenly Minded Podcast. The Song of Solomon. E.C. Hadley. Believer's Bookshelf. Grace and Truth, Inc. 210 Chestnut Street, Danville, Illinois, 61832 USA. Song of Solomon Chapter 6. Whither is thy beloved gone, O thou fairest among women? Whither is thy beloved turned aside, that we may seek him with thee? My beloved is gone down into his garden, to the beds of spices, to feed in the gardens, and to gather lilies. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine, he feeds among the lilies, Canticles 6-3. They call her the fairest among women. Nothing beautifies a soul so much as to be wholly taken up with Christ for one always seeks to copy the moral perfection that one admires in him. There is often so little Christ-likeness in believers, but where it is so, you will always find the eye is wholly occupied with Christ or the heart taken up with his moral beauty. And again nothing so arouses in others a desire to seek him earnestly as seeing a soul really enraptured with him. There is no sermon so effectual, eloquent and persuasive as a life wholly devoted to the Lord. This is a sermon that all can preach if they will, however little or much they may be otherwise gifted, and one all should be preaching today. The message of the most gifted preacher often loses much of its effect simply because the lives of believers in general do not speak for Christ. How much are our lives speaking for Christ in the eyes of our friends, associates and acquaintances? My beloved is gone down into his garden, to the beds of spices, to feed in the gardens, and to gather lilies. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine, he feeds among the lilies, Canticles 6, 2-3. We have here the picture of a shepherd feeding his flock on a beautiful spring day where beds of spices embalm the air and the lilies spread their glory and beauty everywhere. In chapter 1-7 to she asks, Tell me, O thou whom my soul loves, where thou feedest, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. But now she knows full well where he feeds his flock. How rich and congenial are those pastures where all speaks of contentment, peace, joy and rest. How happy are those sheep that keep close to their shepherd and feed continually under his eyes in the green pastures of his word. May we ever keep close to his trusted side. And above all, happy are they who can say with every deepening realization of the blessedness of it all, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Thou art beautiful, O my love, as Terzar, comely as Jerusalem. Terrible as an army with banners. Turn away thine eyes from me, for they have overcome me, thy hair is as a flock of goats that appear from Gilead. Thy teeth are as a flock of sheep which go up from the washing, whereof every one bears twins, and there is not one barren among them. As a piece of a pomegranate are thy temples within thy locks. There are threescore queens, and fourscore concubines, and virgins without number. My dove, my undefiled is but one, she is the only one of her mother, she is the choice one of her that bear her. The daughters saw her, and blessed her, yea, the queens and the concubines, and they praised her, Canticles 6, 4-9. The bridegroom now speaks as he beholds his spouse with her affections now fully won to himself and describes her beauty. He has already given two detailed descriptions in chapter 4. Thou art beautiful, O my love, as Terzar, comely as Jerusalem, terrible as an army with banners. Beautiful as Terzar. Terzar means delightsome. Her beauty is the fruit of his work of grace in her heart, delightsome indeed to behold. What wonders of grace that she who was once so indifferent to him is now a source of delight for him. Comely as Jerusalem. Salem means peace and Jerusalem means founded in peace. How comely is a soul fully grounded in peace. It moves in serene peace superior to all its circumstances. When the affections are divided the soul is restless, unsettled and never satisfied. It is only when the heart's affections are fully settled on Christ that we have settled peace. A divided heart is never at rest. Terrible as an army with banners. An army marching with its banners flying gives the idea of unity of purpose. 
Each individual has set all other things aside to devote his time, his strength and his life if necessary for the one object of maintaining the honor and glory of the banner or flag under which he has rallied. The one object of the army is to keep that banner flying victoriously in spite of all the power of the enemy. Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth, Psalm chapter 60 verse 4. Christ is that banner. What joy it is to Christ to see his people united with the one object of exalting him at all times and at all costs. How sadly the church has failed in this. If all the believers in Christ had stood fast in one spirit with one mind striving together with the faith of the gospel and in nothing terrified by the adversaries, as exhorted by the apostle in Philippians chapter 1 verses 27 to 28. What a different story the church's history would have been. But now the question comes to each one individually, what am I doing? Am I gathered to Christ alone? Have I rallied unto him, leaving aside the pursuit of my own personal interests to fight as a good soldier for his cause? Do I consider it my special glory to exalt him, to keep the banner flying, or am I ashamed to show my colors? The special glory of soldiers is to keep their banner flying, at all cost, willing even to sacrifice their lives to this end. So it should be with every soldier of Christ Jesus. Turn away thine eyes from me, for they have overcome me. Her eyes are at last fully fixed upon him who has become the object of her heart. He reads in her eyes the deep affection of her heart and is overcome by it. There is no beauty so ravishing, so charming to his heart as this. Thy hair is as a flock of goats that appear from Gilead. Thy teeth are as a flock of sheep which go up from the washing, whereof every one bears twins, and there is not one barren among them. As a piece of pomegranate are thy temples within thy locks. He repeats here almost word for word these traits he dwells upon in his detailed description of his spouse in chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. We may be sure, since the Lord repeats them, that they are traits especially pleasing to him and therefore we might well dwell upon them again. But since we have already considered them in detail where they first occurred in chapter 4, we will only touch briefly the main points now to refresh our memory. That we may not forget these things that the Lord desires very much to see in us. The woman's long hair is God-given and is therefore her special glory, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 15. It is symbolic of submission and dependence. The goat's nature is to climb to the highest ground and Mount Gilead is noted for its rich pastures. Putting these three things together we get this truth. Submission and dependence upon the Lord brings one upon the highest spiritual ground and there one finds those rich pastures that fully satisfy all the hunger and longings of the soul. The teeth are to eat with. The sheep is symbolic of gentleness and meekness, and washing speaks of cleansing. Bearing twins is doubly fruitful. We must feed upon Christ, the bread of heaven for life nourishment and strength, John chapter 6 verses 27 to 28. But feeding on Christ is always coupled with cleansing ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit by the water of the word, and laying aside hatred, anger, etc., for the Christ-like spirit of gentleness and meekness, and bearing forth fruit in obedience to his will. The temples are a prominent part of the face and the pomegranates which were always worn on the priest's robe between the bells are typical of the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. See Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 to 23. As the pomegranates were always found together with bells on the priest's robe, so the fruit of the spirit must always be prominent whenever there is a testimony that rings out for the Lord. There are threescore queens, and fourscore concubines, and virgins without number. My dove, my undefiled is but one, she is the only one of her mother, she is the choice one of her that bear her. The daughters saw her, and blessed her, yea, the queens and the concubines, and they praised her. The spouse in the Song of Solomon, though having a very practical application to the church as espoused to Christ to be his heavenly bride. 
refers always in its direct application to the Jewish remnant that turns to the Lord after the rapture of the church, and will have the most prominent place on the earth during the Lord's thousand-year reign over all the tribes of Israel and the Gentile nations, who are represented here in these verses by the queens and concubines. Virgins and daughters while all Israel will have a close relationship with the Lord during the millennium. That godly remnant that bears testimony for him and endures much persecution because of his faithfulness during the dark days of Israel's apostasy under the reign of the Antichrist. Will have a special place in the Lord's affections and a unique place in his reign. It will be praised of all. Compare these verses with Revelation chapter 14 verses 1 to 5. But if this faithful remnant has a special place in the Lord's affections as the choice one among all the queens and concubines on the earth, the heavenly bride will have a still more intimate place. Those that believe on the Lord now during the time of his rejection are called to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, see 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 14. They will share with him as well his heavenly and eternal glory as his earthly glory. When we think of his wonderful grace that has saved such poor sinners as we are, and lifted us to such a lofty place as the bride of the Lamb, called to the obtaining of his surpassing glory. Does it not fill our hearts with a deep desire and purpose to live holy for him for his glory? Ungrateful indeed is he whose heart does not respond to such love. Who is she that looks forth as the morning, fair as the moon, clear as the sun, and terrible as an army with banners? I went down into the garden of nuts to see the fruits of the valley, and to see whether the vine flourished, and the pomegranates budded. However I was aware, my soul made me like the chariots of Aminadib. Return, return, O Shalomite, return, return, that we may look upon thee. What will ye see in the Shalomite? As it were the company of two armies, Canticles 6:10-13. These verses can be rightly understood only in their prophetic application to the remnant of Israel. Who is she that looks forth as the morning, fair as the moon, clear as the sun, and terrible as an army with banners? In Genesis chapter 1 verses 16 to 18 we read, God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night, he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. The sun and the moon are set in the natural world to rule or govern the day and the night and the seasons, and to give light. They are therefore naturally the figure of ruling or governing power and also, as giving light, of a teacher or of a body, or group, which is a source of spiritual light. Israel in the Old Testament and the Church in the New were set of God to be a source of light to a world that was groping in spiritual darkness. In Revelation chapter 12 the woman that brought forth the man-child, Christ, who was to rule all nations, is that godly part, or remnant, of Israel of which Christ was born. She will be delivered from the dragons, Satan's, effort to destroy her during the reign of the Antichrist, verses 13 to 17. She is seen in verse 1, clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet. Israel is yet to be vested with authority from God to rule under Christ over all the nations as the supreme governing power in the world with all other powers made subordinate to her. That is the meaning in Revelation chapter 12 of the woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. The prophet Isaiah, speaking of this, says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish, Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1, 3, 12. But it will not be just power to govern by force that Israel will wield over the nation, for, having her heart fully won by the Lord, she will be wholly devoted to him and so will not only govern the nations according to his own mind and will, but will be also the highest source of spiritual light in the world. 
as the sun was set to rule and to give light, so in redeemed Israel will be united both the supreme authority to govern the world, and that of being the highest source of spiritual light in the world. Terrible as an army with banners. Israel will have not only authority under Christ to govern the world, but also ample power given her of God to maintain order according to his mind, a victorious power, exercised in righteousness. That will be a terror to the evildoer whenever and if ever any dare to commit any unrighteous act. Terrible as an army with banners. It will be a reign of righteousness, maintained with ample God-given power to execute judgment and to mete out just punishment to the evildoer, that righteousness. Godly order and peace may be secured for the blessing of the whole earth. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him, let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people, he will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory, let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth, and a two-edged sword in their hand, to execute vengeance upon the heathen, Gentiles, and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains, and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, this honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord, Psalm chapter 149 verses 2 to 9. I went down into the garden of nuts to see the fruits of the valley, and to see whether the vine flourished, and the pomegranates budded. However I was aware, my soul made me like, or set me on, nt, the chariots of Aminadib, my willing people. See margin, in Isaiah chapter 5 verses 1 to 7 Israel is likened to a vineyard with pleasant plants, but it brought forth wild grapes. In the parable of the wicked husband men in Matthew chapter 21 verses 33 to 39 the Lord has likened Israel to a vineyard, but the wicked men who were responsible to see that the Lord received the fruit of it, mistreated his servants that he sent to them and finally when he sent his son, they said among themselves, this is the heir, come, let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. When the Lord comes again to Israel, how different it will be. Instead of a stubborn and rebellious people he will find him a willing people, who, having been brought to the Lord by the fiery trials and great tribulation, will welcome him with a willing heart. Transported with joy in his own soul, the Lord will take his place, to which he has been welcomed, in the royal chariots to head the procession of glory. Return, return, O Shalomite, return, return, that we may look upon thee. What will ye see in the Shalomite? As it were the company of two armies, or according to some translations, the dance of two companies. The word in the Hebrew translated here Shalomite is the feminine from of the name Solomon. It means peaceful. Israel not only welcomes the Lord but also becomes the earthly bride. For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth shall he be called. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 5. The whole earth will look in wonder and admiration at her and call upon her to return to that place of prominence among the nations, of which Israel under King Solomon was but a faint type, that they may look upon her beauty. But what will they see in the Shalomite? As it were the dance of two companies. The dance speaks of joy and victory. See Exodus chapter 15 verse 21. 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 6, and the two companies or two armies remind us of the two kingdoms of Israel, Judah and the ten tribes, so long divided, but here seen united again in their common joy before the Lord. Rejoicing in the glorious victory he has given over all the powers of evil. Having now seen the prophetic meaning of these verses in connection with Israel, we will consider a few practical thoughts that we may apply to ourselves as called to be the heavenly bride of Christ. That looks forth as the morning. God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. For as the darkness has passed and the true light now shines in our hearts. 
therefore let us not sleep, as do others, but let us watch and be sober, and walk as children of light, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 6, Ephesians chapter 5 verses 8 to 11. Fair as the moon. The moon has no source of light in itself, but when its face is turned toward the sun, it reflects as a mirror the clear light of the sun. So should every believer be reflecting Christ. As the moon can only reflect the light of the sun when its face is turned toward it, so we must ever be, looking unto Jesus, if we are to reflect him. Clear as the sun. The world should see nothing but Christ in us. He is the sun, the supreme source of light to the world. I went down into the garden of nuts to see the fruits, to see whether the vine flourished. Christ is the speaker here. He looks to see fruit in us. Are we producing fruit for him? Is our vine flourishing? Is our soul fresh and growing nicely or is it withered up with but little desire and little power to bear fruit? Psalm chapter 1 and Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 5 to 8 give us the secret of how to be as a tree that is flourishing and bearing fruit. Read them. The secret given there is meditation in the word of God and trusting in the Lord. However I was aware, my soul set me on the chariots of my willing people, new translation. Whose people are we who are saved by grace? Surely we are not our own for we are bought with a price. But do we gladly own his title over us? Are we a willing people? Do we give him a royal place on our chariots as willing and obedient subjects of our great king? Or do we seek to drive our own chariots along the paths of our own choosing rather than have him guide all for his own glory? Oh Shalomite. Shalomite means peaceful. Have you the peace of Christ ruling in your heart and reflected in your ways? What will ye see in the Shalomite? Let us not forget that the world has its eyes upon us. What do they see in us? Do they see us working in that unity and joy before the Lord, which is the fruit of peace?